Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 Podcast. I am Chuck Peters, your host, and again, we are recording at the Etch Family Ministry Conference. And so we love to record podcast episodes during our Etch gathering because we have so many friends who come from out of town and we can sit face to face and talk with thought leaders and kids, student and family ministry. Today we are joined by Dr. Jennifer Garrison. Jennifer, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's so fun to have you back. Love to be back. Love to come to Etch every year. I think last time that we saw each other was at Etch last year. I think you're right. And so we need to keep doing this just so that we can stay in touch. We do. Absolutely. So we've caught up a little bit. It sounds like your family's doing well, work is going well. That is true. And you're busy, busy. Very busy right now. Busy season of life, yes. And I think that we can relate to that, mm-hmm. you know, because we're all running so fast these days. Families are busy and we're going different directions and, and it can just be hard to stay engaged. Absolutely. And so we're going to talk today. The topic that we have in front of us is bullying in your kids. What would Jesus do is your topic. And this is a breakout that you're teaching here. Correct. That's an hour long. Yes. But we don't have an hour. We do not. So we're going to have to cut to the chase to get to the heart of the matter. Yes. But uh, what a what an important topic for us to talk about. This is one of those things where, you know, we're all aware that bullying takes place. Um, we may define it differently, some of us. Uh, but I think it's something that we need to know, especially as not only as parents, but as kids ministry leaders. What do we do when we see this? What's the right response to have? How do we recognize it? So I know you have a whole outline. You've got a depth of knowledge and insight on this. For those of you who don't know, Jennifer, let me back up. Dr. Jennifer Garrison uh, is a professor of marriage and family at Campbellsville University at the School of Theology. She's a wife to Shane, Dr. Shane Garrison, mother of two sons, and she's an advocate for healthy God-honoring families. And we're gonna be talking about bullying. So we know that um, uh, bullying is, is, is shamed in the media. It, uh, it can be a way of life for children at school, uh, some at home, sometimes even at church. And it's something that kids need help in knowing how to navigate. But families do too, because we don't always know what to do as a parent. And, and you can feel helpless when your kid is in a situation, even in the church setting as a church leader, if we know one of the kids in our program or in our ministry is struggling with this, it's hard to know what we can do or what we should do. So help us out. Where, where do we start? Um, what are some examples, first of all, of, of bullying that a kid might experience that we might need to be aware of? I think the, the first um, type of bullying I think about today is cyberbullying. Mm. When, Which can be a new one uh, for It some can of be us. a new one, and it can take on a lot of forms. Um, when you and I were growing up, bullying looked different. Um, some of that type of bullying still exists, certainly. Um, getting bullied on the school bus or um, being picked on at school or even at church or um, in a public park or things like that. Um, but that's not the case today with bullying. And, and our kids are in a situation currently um, with cyberbullying where they can be in situations where they cannot escape it. They can't find a way to get away from being bullied. Because a lot of times I can think of coaching my kids to say, just move away from that other child. That's right. Right. You go to the back of the line if you need to, to get away from that situation. That's right. But you can't do that as well on social media. It's hard. It's really hard to do that. Social media has so many platforms. There's online gaming. um, And so many kids are involved in a variety of social media platforms. Um, And so uh, you may think you've 
cleared up an issue or solved an issue or at least resolved something for the time being in, in uh, one area when come to find out there's the same situation is either moved to an, another online platform or it, there was an additional situation happening at the same time you weren't aware of. Um, and then of course this happens in the context of the same kind of bullying that you and I might have received um, or given if, if we were, you know, the bully. Um, and, and then, you know, that's another thing is the the victim and the bully sometimes swap places. And so, um, you know, there's just a, the, a whole new world out there with kids, how to how to kind of guide them. And, and what do we do as Christian parents when, when your child is being bullied? What is it that we're supposed to do? Um, we, we do know biblically Jesus was not a doormat. He... Yes. He was assertive and asserted himself at times. Um, but then we have this, this concept also of turning the other cheek. Um, and so it's a really hard um, place for parents to be in today, I think, to know when to do um, things like intervene, um, talk to a teacher, um, a parent, uh, and, or when to let it play itself out. And so um, it, it's a tough place to be. I can, just in thinking about the social media aspect, I can see that there are things that could happen that adults are not aware of. Yes. And so how, how do we coach our kids even to report a situation? How do, we, how do we begin that conversation with a child who may be struggling with a bullying situation but not openly bring it to anyone? I think we just have to have an ongoing um, consistent conversation with our kids about their social media use, about what they see, about how they interact. I think we need to be on their social media sites, in their profile, seeing what they see, what they've posted, um, what others have posted in regards to them or an interaction with them. Uh, and then, of course, just encouraging them to report things that they see um, and certainly to act in kindness as far as they are concerned. Um, the social media platform gives us this place where we can be completely deceptive if we choose to. Um, I'm thinking of, you know, fake Instagram accounts or other fake accounts. Um, often um, students and teens and even many adults probably will have an account that is widely known to be their account, but then they'll have their other account. Mm where they really let their voice out um, in an anonymous way, name someone else or with a different picture. Uh, and so we have a lot of that going on. And so um, deception um, and kids, um, do, it doesn't necessarily go hand in hand, but it certainly is gonna be something they're tempted with in today's age. And with social media being what it is, um, that gives a whole other room for bullying to take place. So what, where do you recommend we begin in trying to help through this? Is, you know, is this something that we need to treat as, so I mentioned before, you know, sometimes the coaching is get away from that child. If someone is pushing you in line, move to another place in the line or get out, just distance yourself. Maybe a strategy that we could use in person. Right. But do we need to think of, do we need to be uh, thinking in terms of conflict resolution or what kind of strategies do you recommend that we might take? I definitely think we have to take some strategies. Um, the, the first thing I think is just to understand or have, have an understanding amongst your family, maybe amongst your church, um, your, your church staff or your, your children's ministry group of 
how do you define bullying? And you, you mentioned earlier that you know knowing knowing what it is and having a kind of a collective understanding of what that actually entails is important. That way, we we are all on the same page about what this is. Um, even the Centers for Disease Control. Um, several years ago um, adopted um, a version, uh, a definition, so to speak, of bullying. Um, it's the one used by the United States Department of Education. And, and there's some key things, and, and you, can find, you can find lots of definitions of bullying around, but there's some key things they all share. Okay. Um, and, and one of those things is that it um, includes aggressive behavior, mm. um, not necessarily physically, maybe physically, but also in other ways, socially, psychologically. Um, so there's something aggressive that's unwanted, some behavior, um, and it's repeated or likely to be repeated. Um, this is one area parents struggle in um, when their kid gets, it used to be pushed down on the playground, but maybe now yeah. it's called out for something on social media one time. Parents don't know, should I do something about it this one time? Do I need to wait until it happens again? Mm. And, and many times waiting um, can be the answer. Sometimes waiting absolutely is not the answer. Sometimes it's something mm. that has to be immediately addressed. And so um, just understanding that it's unwanted behavior that's repeated or likely to be repeated. Um, and it, mm. it's in, with the intent to cause harm. And, and it usually involves, um, or almost always involves, a power struggle of sorts. It's mm. one person in a position of power over another person. Um, and children are completely capable of this as we've seen since um well from all time yeah um and so just having an idea of, of how you define that in your ministry and you should have a definition of it in your ministry and if it's not something your your ministry has talked about um, it should be yeah. um just coming together and saying what do we want to look for um what do some experts say um what, what's a good definition? And then, then let's let everybody be on the same page about that. Um, and so I think beginning there, and, and then certainly some strategies, what you don't want to do, you, you can't micromanage your child, mm. right? It, it's not healthy. It's not uh, feasible. Um, just to be there to protect them all no, the time, every time. it's just not possible. Yeah. Uh, and in the, we, we live in an age, too, of, of this helicopter parent where yes. we want to be there for everything and we want to oversee every interaction. And our kids don't know how to do normal things that kids knew how to do at that age years ago. And so there's this version of, you know, the helicopter parent that's there. Um, do do we continue in that? You know, we just we can't micromanage everything. Um and so that's just not going to be an option for us. Um, I think what we have to do is think about a couple of things. One might be mediation. Mm. Um, and we actually had a, a situation with bullying in, in our home um, with our kids. Um, one of our children, um, some mediation took place. Uh, and there's some things about that is the first thing is it's a process. Yes. It, it's not like you are bringing these parties together who are at conflict with one another. And immediately after this conversation, it's over. Which yeah. is what you and I might expect in our home with our own children. Yes. The fight's over. Go to your rooms or go to the dinner table or whatever you're going to do. It's over. We've moved on. Yes. Bullying situations aren't like that. They're not all your children. Only one of them is. Um, and certainly your rules don't apply necessarily in that scenario. And so um, know that it's a process. Um, but two bullying par or warring parties can sit down with an adult talk face to face it gives them an opportunity to be heard sometimes that's all kids want is just to sit just to down have a voice they they want their voice to be heard they want to understand that they what what they say is important they are important as a human being individual and so being heard and 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 mediation um requires follow-up um it requires um 
someone who's willing to kind of walk alongside, which is what we're supposed to be doing anyway. Yes. As ministers of the gospel, as parents, as church leaders, this is what we're called to do. Um, walk alongside these kids um, and lead them toward Christ-likeness. Uh, and so mediation's one idea. Um, I, I think just on a personal um, parent-to-child note, but also leader-to-ministry um, note, we can teach assertiveness. And mm-hmm. I think we see this with Jesus himself. I mean, he um, he spoke. Um, he spoke when he saw things. He, you know, in, in bullying literature, there's this whole idea of the bystander. What does the bystander do? Yes. Because other people see this happening. Even in social media platforms, we all see all these things happening. But who's going to intervene to stop and it? sometimes we see it and witness it, but don't take any action. We don't do anything. Do anything. Right. Um, and with kids, a lot of times they're afraid that they're going to be the next victim. If they say anything, if they sure. tell the teacher or the principal, or if they step in in that situation, that they're next. Um, and so uh, they they don't sometimes say things. And so um, teaching how to be assertive but not aggressive is important. Um, at times, you might need to be aggressive in your life. But I think just as an on, overarching rule, we don't want to teach our kids complete aggressiveness. We want to right. teach them um, assertiveness mm-hmm. but compassion yes. so that they feel confident in themselves that they can speak when they need to and they can identify something as wrong. They can stand up for themselves or other people yes. um, and be a good Samaritan in that way. But also, you know, really stand up for themselves if, if that is the case. And so... With assertiveness, the thing is, not only do you need to teach it, but we need to provide opportunities to practice it. Yes. Um, at home, at church, at school. If, if your kids cannot be assertive in their own home, they're not going to be assertive out in public or when you're not with them and they need to step up and defend themselves or a friend or a stranger. Yeah. They need to be encouraged to speak clearly and boldly. Um, and, and you don't have to be evil or mean to do that. Yeah. Um, and so just serve. And then, and then I think also um, for ministry leaders and parents, it's really important to talk about emotion with kids. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I think we, we do this too much sometimes. We are so overly focused on emotion. But um, I think we need to focus on healthy emotion. What does that look like? What would help a, a range of healthy emotions be? It's not a sin to feel anger. Mm-hmm. We can say I'm angry and we can identify why we are angry. Yes. And we can provide an outlet for kids. Um, when I'm angry, I can't punch my brother in the nose, but I can scream into a pillow or I can punch a pillow. Maybe I can um, take a boxing class or jog around the block. There's some things that I can do to let out that energy. Yeah. Um, and, and also, it is perfectly okay for me to express that I'm feeling that. I'm angry or I'm sad or I feel... Um, belittled or whatever those feelings are we need to talk about those and and help kids understand what those are and talk about those and and we need to understand where kids are developmentally sometimes during growth spurts and things with our children we've experienced this I'm sure many others have too their emotions kind of swing they can be very moody at certain times whereas other times um Six months later, three months later, that same child is not moody at all. And it's all developmental. Their brain is growing and changing. Their body's growing and changing. And sometimes they're just trying to catch up. Yeah. Um, sometimes our kids have said to us, I just feel so sad right now, and I don't even know why. Yeah. And that's normal, and that's healthy. And so um, parents and ministry leaders need to understand that, and we need to help kids understand that, yeah. that you're not weird, you're not strange, you're not sick. Um, this is part of growing up. 
And let's look at the biological cause behind that. Mm -hmm. Your body's producing lots of hormones. Your bones are growing. Your, you know, all these things are happening. Your brain is changing. You're forming new pathways in, yeah. in your brain. And so because of those things, you feel certain things um, in ways that maybe you haven't at other times. And mm -hmm. so I think it's important for us to help kids in that way, for yeah. us to understand them and to help them understand themselves. It seems to me this is something in, in the church setting in particular, that's a conversation that really almost needs to be built on relationship. Absolutely. You know, because we, we may use a curriculum that gets around to a section on bullying and gives us opportunity to talk about it. But when something like this arises in a child's life, you're probably not talking about this week in and week out. Right. But if we can develop that relationship with the kids that we work with and with their families, when something like this uh, is happening, and if they feel comfortable confiding in us about that, it's that relationship that will allow us to have a platform to, to enter in to help coach and encourage and work with them. So when something does come about like this where you know we're in a ministry setting and a child confides in us how, what do we do with that do you do you recommend we go talk to their parents do you know how do we engage as a ministry leader who's you know involved in this child's life from a discipleship point of view but this is one of those things that can be hard some of this stuff can be difficult to deal with when you're not in the immediate family it's true it can and and in a you know, when you're not in the immediate family, but you, you maybe have this relationship with this child and with the parents yes. and, and the other family members as well, kids can come and confide in you. And um, I think we have to be careful in ministry about promising things that we can't deliver on. We can't say, um, I'm not going to tell your mom or I'm not going to tell your parents. You can just talk to me. You know, it'll just be between us. We cannot do that. Yes. Um, the, the parents have to be primary, as I've said lots of times, primary in discipleship, but primary in every aspect of their child's life. They are living with that child, raising that child, pouring their life out into that child, and they have a right and a responsibility to know what is happening in the life of that child. And sometimes kids, for many reasons, just don't feel like they can tell their parents, and it's wonderful for them to have an outlet like a children's minister, a youth pastor, something like that. Um, but that minister then has the responsibility to talk to the parent about what that child has confided in them. And I think, I think it's important for us to build the kinds of relationships with our kids um, in ministry and our teens in ministry that they understand. If I tell my youth pastor something, um, I understand he's going to talk to my parents about yeah. it. And maybe it's easier for me to say it to him, yes. but then my parents still are going to find out. And so sometimes kids are just looking for that window yes. they maybe they want their parents to know what happened but they can't say they're too embarrassed but but they know somebody else who can yeah. and so what we're doing is robbing parents of the privilege of walking beside their own kids and helping them through their trials when we don't step into that space um we're when we don't step into that space we're stepping into a role that is not ours to have yeah. uh, and so we need to have that relationship with children certainly and teenagers, um, they need to know that we're there for them 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And they need to know that 100% of the time, if they tell me something that needs to be shared with their parents, that 100% of the time I will do it. Yeah. Great advice. Dr. Jennifer Garrison, thank you so very much for being here at Etch. Thank you for sharing at length with our attendees. And thank you for sharing briefly here on the podcast. We so appreciate your insight. And it's just, it's always so very interesting and helpful to talk with you. So thank you 
for thank being you. here. Thank you. Thank you for Listeners, having me. Listeners, thank you for listening. We, uh, we hope, again, that the content that we discussed here uh, uh, meets you where you are. Uh, and we trust that as, as you lead kids and families in your ministry, especially being sensitive to issues like bullying and some difficult things, that you would partner well with families as you lead kids uh, to grow in their faith. Thank you again for listening to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast, and we'll see you back again soon for another episode.